0: Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages in Australia and around the world, and their struggles for social justice. I'm Lourdes García Larqué. On today's show, we will discuss about the book Talking Back, Voices of Color, an anthology that compiles writings from youth, political prisoners, feminists, immigrants, and more, in the voices of African-Americans, Latinas, indigenous peoples, Arab immigrants, political prisoners, and many others. These writers are all activists writing and discussing from the front line of the struggles they are part of. The book includes reflections on, for example, racist police brutality, the Japanese comfort wives, or the story of refugees fleeing political violence in their country, just to face the worst kind of exploitation and discrimination once they reach the United States. American publisher Red Letter Press has recently published this book. I spoke with Nellie Wong, editor of Talking Back, Voices of Color. She is a Chinese-American, a feminist, a poet, and a socialist activist. First up, we will hear about Nelly's personal background, and how she came to discuss and challenge oppression in her own experience as a Chinese-American who dared to talk back. Later on the show, we'll hear a preview of the book and we'll share with our listeners some of the stories that are compiled in Talking Back. And to finish up, we will hear a poem on the voice of Nelly Wong.
1: I'm Chinese-American. My name is Nellie Wong, and I was born in Oakland, California. And I'm the first U.S. born, first daughter born in the United States of immigrant parents from a small village in China. And uh, I have three older sisters who were born in China but came over to the United States with my mother, uh, because my father was already an immigrant and already here in the U.S., and he, I mean, he returned to China, bring them all whole, uh, all over to the United States, and then a year after my mother and my older sister's arrival, then I was born a year after. So I'm the oldest born of the uh, four siblings uh, uh, born in Oakland, California.
0: And how was it growing up as a Chinese American in California?
1: Yes, right. And I identify as Chinese American because Chinese Americans are not Chinese from China and we're we're Americans. We're U.S. citizens and uh, the important thing is that while some of the culture has been carried forth from the small village in China that my parents came from, uh, we were, uh, even though we lived in Chinatown in Oakland, California, we are Americans. So, um, you know, given discrimination and racism and all kinds of issues that happened to us, but uh, the United States being a country of immigrants were part of that.
0: So what, what exactly made you think that you wanted to share your story and also stories of other women in this collection of books that we will go deeper into other stories. Okay. But what made you want to to write about this?
1: Well, <clears throat> I became a writer and a poet back in the 1970s. And uh, we were, I, as a student at San Francisco State University, in the nineteen seventies. I was very, very concerned and curious and interested in really learning about the role of people of color in the United States as well as being Chinese-American and that in general our stories weren't being told or we didn't read about ourselves in literature or see ourselves in the movies And um, there was a lot of racism that people of color have experienced in this country uh, because we're dark-skinned or because our eyes are slanted or just because we look different from what is deemed to be a real American. So I think my impetus and interest in writing had a lot to do with finding uh, and interpreting and expressing an identity as someone who was not white, but at the same time uh, being a woman and uh, growing up and wondering if I was, how do I fit in in this country? Why do? Why is there racism? Why was there racism against Chinese? People in particular, you know, from the Chinese Exclusion Act on in in 1882, and um, the inequities and the racism and sexism and the violence against people of color in general, uh, that's always kind of impacted me. And yet, I couldn't understand that until I started. San Francisco State University in the 1970s, and I began to read and actually met socialists and feminists on campus. And as the more I read, the more I understood, and also becoming active on the campus to fight for women, women's rights, and to for the inclusion of um, women and people of color in the faculty and in ethnic studies and in in creative writing, et cetera on the San Francisco State campus really helped to, you know, bring out the concerns that I've had had, but not a chance to express. So the poetry then also came as part of that in expressing and trying to tell our stories as people of color, as women of color, and as Asian-American and a Chinese-American woman in particular.
0: Well, and I imagine in, in the 70s or when you first started writing a very important time for this to happen but this is an yeah. experience that talks to modern readers I just had the opportunity to get a copy of this book before it's launched here in Australia and I could not stop reading it because it's a very similar story of migrant women and w- women of color in other countries as here yeah. in Australia yeah. too. Yeah. So, who speaks yes, we, on this book? What stories are collected?
1: Um, many people, uh, uh, is women and men of color, mostly, and then with a few people who are not uh, people of color, but who speak about women and people of color. So, um, these are all the stories and the articles collected for this new book, Talking Back Voices of Color, uh, were, uh, came about from articles and, uh, other pieces that were published in the Freedom Socialist newspaper, uh, which is a newspaper published by the Freedom Socialist Party with headquarters in, uh, Seattle, Washington here in the U.S. So the collection came about from the impetus of members of Freedom Socialist Party and radical women affiliated socialist feminist organizations by the Comrades of Color Caucus. And the Comrades of Color Caucus formed uh, help and push and move our movements forward as people of color and to help the Freedom Socialist Party and radical women uh, to deal with the issues faced as we face racism and sexism and class oppression, etc So the articles now have collected, the stories collected for Talking Back go back about probably 20 years and they're very they're varied in speaking, but it, what, what's really exciting is that it voices the perspectives of women and people of color um, that you will not be able to probably find in a whole lot of other books or in other literature. And these are activists and these are unionists, and we are um, multi ethnic and multiracial as well as multigender and young and old and in between. So it's very exciting to have a collection like uh, that will come out in the book being released on May 1st. And um, it has it deals with many kinds of issues, whether it's reproductive rights or whether it's about um, immigration, and the racism that immigrants to the united states face as they do face in other countries as well as workers and black and latino latina chicana we we have a term we use in the united states chicano and chicana as well as native americans and asian pacific americans so this book allows for those voices to be heard, and what's really exciting is that these are voices of activists, of revolutionaries, and uh, and our allies who support the leadership of people of color and women of color in making radical social change here in the United States and how we look at the United States as a, uh, a system that is uh, a capitalist system that engenders race, sex, and uh, economic oppression. So these voices come, and they're not stories of only, um, they're not just voices of people confessing that that what they've gone through. They have political analysis, and they're all feminist voices, and they're also very, very strong in dealing with the many, many issues that we face as uh, people of color uh, in the United States, as, as well as in, in uh, other countries. But this is a collection mainly of people from the United States who are people of color, and including women and lesbian, gay, bi, and transgender people.
0: You are listening to Accent of Women on satellite across Australia. We are talking with Nellie Wong, editor of the recently published book Talking Back, Voices of Color. She is talking about the articles and contributions included in her book. Talking back, we discussed about people of color often being underrepresented and the importance of us sharing our stories. Nellie Wong is also a recognized poet, and she will share a poem with us. So keep listening to Accent of Women.
1: Yes, and and actually to. Um make it clear the, the voices even though so uh, for example, as a Chinese American as an Asian American, the articles that uh, I have included in the book um, are not about the Asian American experience but there are Asian Pacific American women in the book mm-hmm. that talk about issues specific to Asian American issues but um, I the articles that for example that I have in the book uh, are talk about the Black, struggle. Uh, For example, who is Assata Shakur, who is a revolutionary black woman who was framed um, for uh, complicity in killing a police officer in uh, the East Coast, and she was exiled to Cuba. So that's just one example. So it doesn't also mean that because the voices of color that are speaking out in here are only speaking about their own ethnicity, mm. so that's really exciting. Because sometimes we're really pigeonholed, or um, or a black gay person would say, "Oh well, you can only talk about black gay issues because you're black and you're gay." But that really isn't the uh, the thing. Yes, it, we, we need and, and and desperately need and want the voices of various people of color. but these the people of color that are featured in the book are radicals, and they are revolutionaries. and they speak from the heart as well as from their experiences, looking at the system that engenders race, sex, and class discrimination but also to fight for working people and uh, people whose voices may not have been heard. So that's what makes the book different, I think, and very, very exciting. There's, there's articles about Native Americans and um, the toxic legacy that they face because of uranium mining to talking about uh, Marissa Alexander, a black woman who's been jailed because she defended herself from an abusive husband and to international issues like Nestero Salgado, Mm -hmm. uh, Mexicana, who is also a U.S. citizen who's been jailed in um, Guerrero, Mexico, because she led a community police force. And uh, so those are they're they're wide-ranging, but they speak to the issues that people of color and women and lesbian gays and political activists and political prisoners here in the United States have been fighting against that imprisoned them, and not only their voices are silenced. So uh, Red Letter Press is making this, this opportunity happen so that the voices of the silence and the voices of the fighters... And the voices of color are having a chance to be heard. So we're really excited that that mm. we can do this. Yeah, Not really,
0: this is very exciting. And all these stories yeah. that you are mentioning, such as Nestora Salgado or the, the stories of repression um, against the African American in in different areas of, of the U.S., are issues that we have interviewed here on on Accent of Women. I think yeah. we both sort of share. A very similar purpose that is, in essence, giving the voice to stories, experiences, and struggles of women and men, and particularly yeah. women of color. So, how do you feel about this experience of reclaiming this space that that women are like trying to take and, and use t- for their voices and their experiences?
1: Uh, we're still fighting racial and sexual discrimination and class oppression. We're still fighting that. You know, even if we have an African-American president in office now, it doesn't mean that it's a post-racial society because of the economic system and what it does and that people of color and workers in particular and the immigrants as well. Altogether, when you look at it, we are suffering the discrimination. And what's really... Makes it very exciting uh, for me is that it's it's not just one issue and and another issue that is important because when we talk about being multiracial and multigender a multi issue we're really bringing out what's been silenced so that if say a person of color gets into a high office. Well there, you've got it. You've made it. You 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 there's no more discrimination because we finally elected uh, a black man to office, but that's not the case because we have to also look at the incarceration of hundreds and thousands of black and brown men in prison including women or how Uh, Lesbians, gays, and bi, and transgender people are discriminated against and imprisoned or murdered because that's who they are, as well as the um, workers uh, in, in our country, as in many other countries, who are paid low but then are expected to work for low wages, and then to be discriminated against in the workplace. So all those issues come together and help us as activists and writers to put out our stories, our articles, and our perspectives, which are radical and activist-oriented. These stories, I think, of Americans and other people of color, have not really dealt as as much as this has been on what happens when our voices aren't heard. And when you think about the victories that have been won is done by militant struggle in the workplace and in the fields, you know, whether it's on farm workers and whether it's on um, not only let the stories out, but to address the issues that people aren't, thinking about and that we have to look at what the system, what the economic system engenders in keeping us down and silenced. Well, we refuse to do that. And that's how we're fighting back. And we can do it through our voices and through the activism in the workplace, as well as in the home and um, in the movements. That's fantastic, Nelly. And well, we wish you all the best. What else can we do if, you know, and, and it's not just a personal kind of thing that I was doing. Yes, many of the writings that I've done uh, is, was thinking, oh, how do I even help to liberate myself? But it, it's not just not personal because the more, the more we write and share our stories and our, our perspectives and such, we find that other people have also been going through the same thing. So that we connect around those issues, around issues of discrimination and racism and um, gender oppression, et cetera, that we have to also look at what economics is all about and how the system then say, okay, you you stay in your role and you'll make it. Well, that's not
0: book of this nature to come up. And it's also maybe about time we also share a little bit about another experience that you also have. You are also a poet. Maybe yes. you could share with us a little bit of what you
1: have been writing. Uh, this poem is not in the book Talking Back, but I'm uh, I'm a longtime poet and writer and i think that i'll share this poem with you because it's it reaches across uh, another part of the world and i think that's very much a part of what we do as writers and radicals of color is that we we go across the world and we deal with issues because when you think about it capitalism is global well we want to change that so because i think our perspectives are really international and they are revolutionary and they talk about issues that reach across the world so what i like to share with you right now is a poem that i wrote after i saw a film called kandahar and um i will do it now and 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 i think it will il- illustrate some of the issues that i've um discuss that will be appearing in Talking Back. My eyes follow them after viewing the film Kandahar. My eyes follow them. Women in burqas of gold, cream, blue, burgundy. Women unseen traveling to a wedding party to somewhere in Kandahar. How do I know that they are women except that only women wear burqas? Covered from head to foot with squares of opening, netted or crocheted, framing their eyes. And even in their embroidered beauty, the intricate stitching of the cover over their heads do not distract. My eyes follow them, children in cotton, in colors of birds, their eyes fixed on the unseen viewer, Their eyes follow the camera aimed at their foreheads' throats. The girls are not covered up like their grandmothers' mothers' aunts until one day as they approach womanhood, then two, they will wear burqas, then two, they will remain invisible, and still my eyes follow them. A woman hands a lipstick to her sister who runs a slash of berry red across her unseen lips. Because in their burqas, to these watching eyes, beauty blossoms, beauty blossoms in secret salons in homes where women carry out rituals who teach girl children to read Arabic, who resist the law handed down by men demanding invisibility as their right. My eyes follow them, the men hobbling on one leg, their crutches become wings, as they rush in unison toward a helicopter dropping prosthetics, prosthetics in pairs, floating from parachutes, dropping onto the land, dry, barren, when one thump or hop could explode a landmine. My eyes follow the woman, a journalist named Nathas, in her burka. Disguised as the fourth wife of a man who rides with his family ostensibly to Kandahar. Nafa searches for her sister whose legs have been blown off, left years ago in Kandahar, who has threatened to kill herself rather than live under control of the Taliban. My eyes follow them, the woman surrounded by her children, whose hunger gnaws at a sandwich made of grass. The father knows it's only a matter of time as winter descends over the land. As tons of wheat are hoarded by warlords, that death may be a gift, that death may be better than starving. These eyes absorb, penetrate, these eyes remember the bound feet of my aunt in Oakland's Chinatown. This woman whose movement was restricted from her girlhood in China all the way to the United States. Their, uh, these eyes ferret the unknown, the hidden, the unseen faces, shapes of their jaws, mouths, arms, bodies, legs of the women in Burkos, whose passion for movement remains unknowable, whose spirit thrive at the thought of wheat they could pound into flour, who longed for the sun to find them unafraid and daring, daring to read the newspapers, listen to the radio, watch television, walk the streets, run the land, dancing as women, as sisters, beckoning in the heart of darkness as the eyes split open, their ankles glistening with truth.
0: We just spoke with Nelly Wong, editor of Talking Back, Voices of Color. She is a Chinese-American, a feminist, a poet, and a socialist activist based in San Francisco, United States. She is the editor of the book Talking Back, Voices of Color, an anthology of writings from a range of activists discussing oppression on the voices of young and old, people of color, men, women, and LGBTI people fighting for justice. Tune in next week to hear from Emily Wu Yamasaki, a Korean American, a queer feminist and author, a contributor to Talking Back. If you are in Melbourne, the book will be launched on May the 2nd at 4.30 p.m. at Solidarity Salon, 580 Sydney Road, Brunswick. For further information, you can find Radical Women on Facebook or email freedom.socialist.party at ossimail.com.au. And that's all we have time for on today's Accent of Women. If you want to hear this show again or any of our other programs, you can download the podcast from the 3CR website, 3CR.org.au, and that's with the digit 3 and not spelled out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR, with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network, with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning into the show today. I'm Luis García Larque and I look forward to your company again in our next program.